This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk about our love of sugary drinks. Some people love them more than others. And yes, I'm talking about you, Shane Woodford, wherever you are up there in Kamloops, because he's the first person I thought of when I heard about this story. New research from Harvard says that you might want to think twice when it comes to pouring yourself a soft drink and have some water instead. We're going to talk to our contributor, Claire Allen, about this. Hi. Hi, Simi. Do you uh, drink any carbonated beverages with sugar added to it? I will tell you that it right up until my early 20s, I was a copious, uh, like, pop drinker. Yeah. Uh, And then I had to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And so I went to, like, Jenny Craig. Right. I lost 40 pounds. And that cracked me of the habit because they forced you to drink all this water. Yeah. And I never went back. Yeah. I mean, sugary drinks we have known have been linked to weight gain. That has been Oh, proven. yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and we're, it's not a lot of my house. We don't have it in the house ever, if, unless there's a party. Yeah. And then it goes so quickly. I'm like, that's why we don't have it in the house, because people drink it if it's there. See, I never grew up drinking sugary drinks. My dad drinks a lot of, like, Coca-Cola, and it was around when I was younger, but my mom never let us drink it, so I never grew up drinking it, and I don't have that habit now, but every once in a while, nothing is better than a cold glass uh-huh. of Coca-Cola on a hot day. <laughs> However, it doesn't happen for me that often. So, like you said... If you're someone who frequently enjoys sugary drinks, whether it be cola or other forms of sugar-added drinks, this research is uh, going to be some bad news for you. So I spoke to Dr. Vasanti Malik. She is a research scientist in the Department of Nutrition at the Harvard Chan School of Public Health. So it's very, very serious. And I caught up with, with, uh, with her to learn a little bit more about her research into how sugary drinks impact your health. So we looked at long-term consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages and artificially sweetened beverages in relation to premature death, so premature death by all causes and then cause-specific. And with respect to cause-specific, specifically cardiovascular disease death and death due to cancer. That's serious. Yeah, very serious. And so... Like, pretty scary, but, you know, I needed some convincing. I was like, give me some proof, Doc. Over decades of follow-up, we um, observed a positive association between intake of sugar-sweetened beverages and risk of total mortality, cardiovascular disease mortality, and to a lesser extent, cancer mortality. And um, with respect to the types of cancer, that association seemed to be driven mostly by colon cancer mortality and uh, breast cancer mortality. So the association between the sugar-sweetened beverages and mortality was a dose response. So what this means is the more of the beverages you drink, the higher the risk of death you find. I'm horrified listening to this. I know. That's like a litany of health problems. The more you drink, the higher the risk of death. So I was thinking about some people in my own family because I'm very concerned about their intake of uh, sugary drinks. So I asked Dr. Malik if she could explain how her research, what they found in regards to how sugary drinks impact men and women differently. We found that the association was stronger in women than in men. Um, I mean, in both in both genders, we found a positive association, but the strength of the association was stronger in women. And that could be uh, for a couple of reasons. It could be due to physiological differences and and, um, metabolic differences between men and women, but it could also be due to some methodological issues. Women tend to under-report their energy intake on uh, questionnaires, and so um, what that could end up doing is 
uh, resulting in a slightly stronger association. So it's possible that that could be contributing to why we found a stronger association in women, but possibly a combination of the two factors. That's not that's something that we're not able to tease out. But interestingly, other studies that have looked at the relationship between sugar-sweetened beverages and cardiovascular outcomes have observed the same thing with stronger uh, associations in women than in men. So we know essentially, Claire, that they're not good for us, and yet we continue to consume them quite at a large number. Yeah, I mean, I look at around the office, people drink a lot of sugary drinks. Did you tell them that? Well, I'm going to break the news to them, you know, after right lunch. after this. After lunch. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I was wondering, so I, I was trying to think, like, what exactly is she talking about here? Because I really need to know specifically what to avoid. Not for myself, but for, you know, people like I'm concerned that, about. So I asked her, please, can you break it down for any of our listeners are, that are confused about what exactly we should be avoiding? These are beverages where sugar has been added to them from the manufacturer during production um, or even in the in the context of restaurants. So these are your carbonated soft drinks, um, your, your such as colas, uh, and then non-cola carbonated soft drinks. They include um, sports drinks, iced teas, lemonades, fruit drinks. And I say fruit drinks, not 100% fruit juice. 100% fruit juice made from fruit doesn't contain added sugar typically. It's just containing the sugars from the fruit itself. And so that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about are the carbonated soft drinks and then fruit drinks that contain sugars that have been added to them, as well as fruit punch, iced tea, sports drinks. So these are the sort of the sugar-sweetened beverages. Okay, so she's talking about, if you look at the ingredient list then, sugar has to be added to it. Yes, and there's different types of sugar, like high fructose sugar, stuff like that, right? Right. Yeah, so sugar has to be added to it. Um, And so, like she said, not 100% pure fruit juice, although there is some argument that you... Yeah, yeah, it's still sugar, and it's not great to drink. Maybe it won't lead to an early death, like they're saying with this, with the drinks that they're talking about, but it's not great. So I asked... You know, what if you're looking at your life now, thinking about all the sugary drinks that you've enjoyed over the years, the cans of Coke or whatever, and you're seeing your life flash before your eyes? I'm wondering, what can you do? And Dr. Vasanti said, don't worry, you can make that change. Reasonable alternatives would would include water, of course. That's the ultimate uh, replacement. And then other replacements include uh, coffee and tea that uh, as long as they're not you know, loaded up with sugar and cream. Uh, Our study also looked at diet beverages. So these are beverages that contain artificial sweeteners, and these are sweeteners that contain uh, few to no calories but still retain the sweet flavor. So these are your diet drinks. And our our study found um, a slight slight positive association among high consumers of diet drinks uh, just in women and so it's not a really consistent finding. Um, so we we still believe that the diet drinks can be a reasonable replacement for the sugar-sweetened drinks, but um, the ultimate goal should really be switching to water. Okay, so a lot of people do take like the diet drinks, but she's saying 
that's better, but water is still best. Water is ultimately the thing that we should all be drinking for any form of hydration. Um, But I mean, obviously people are not just going to drink water all the time. And what she said there was that there's some evidence that diet drinks are okay. And then afterwards we were chatting a little bit because I was wondering, is there any amount of sugary drinks that are okay? Yeah. Again, she would rather we all just drink water. But she said that, you know, an eight-ounce serving every once in a while is okay. But, of course, I don't think she's that she That's not what she's focused on. That's not what she's focusing on. And that if you really want to be healthy, water is what you should be drinking. Let me ask you this question. Per capita, so per person here, Mm -hmm. how many liters do you think of soft drinks we consume as Canadians? Just pick a number. An average Canadian. Average Canadian, per capita consumption, soft drink consumption, approximately, what do you think we we do here? Like liters are we asking for? Liters, yes. Tell me, how many liters oh. do you think in a year the average Canadian drinks? Oh my gosh. Pick a number. Ten. Ten liters. Oh, Claire. What rosy world do you live in? <laughs> That's really? so much, though. Uh, 68. Wow. Yeah. I was way off. Uh, this comes to us from Statistics Canada that says the uh, soft drink consumption per capita in Canada from 2005 to 2018 uh, forecast to be approximately 68 liters per person in Canada. Per year. Is that what per we're year. Doing? That's yeah. insane. So that's like 30 of those two liter yes. big bottles. In 2018, wow. yes. A sad state of affairs. It is. Switch to water, everyone. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Thank you for that, Claire. Thanks, Amy. That is Claire Allen uh, talking about the sugary soft drinks being studied by Harvard University and why good argument there for why we should all be switching to water. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com.